Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes, there it is. That's for all the ladies in the balcony. Welcome to Balloon Party 101 ESPN. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. That's Action Jackson. You know what I've discovered, Jackson? Oh, I'd like to know. People like Kerry Davis. They don't like us. Yeah. Why is that? Is it the Super Bowl ring? Uh, he's very pleasant. Yeah. Nice guy. Yeah. Intelligent. Yeah. Talented. Right. We we check a box and a half of that. Oh wow! I didn't. What which which box and a half? Uh, I think we're gen- generally somewhat pleasant. Mm, I think you are. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Kerry's great. I love Kerry. But he got fired up this morning. Did he? Yeah. You got the audio. You haven't heard this because you were out watching. Pistons highlights. Pistons and the ridiculous performance by uh, uh, Jaden Ivy had a good game. What about the magic? Oh, Paolo Boncaro. That's twenty-seven a, points. That's that's boards. why you weren't in here for this when me, Matt Rocchio, and Alexa were talking. Take a listen. Apparently, we'll have this in the next segment. I'm going to throw something, and I'm going to throw it hard too. I, I don't know. Matt Rocchio <laughs> saved the audio for me, but I don't know where he saved it. In he's a point, now folder? he's pointing and, and mouthing something to me. Here, ladies and gentlemen, Matt Rocchio re-enters the studios here at 101 ESPN uh, for uh, audio that Jackson cannot find. Maybe Matt can find it. I don't. I, I listen. I, I don't have it. the answers. Oh, okay. He Thanks, did Rock. Find it. That's all I got. I'm 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 a step off. I will leave it alone. If the person is performing well, leave them in. I don't care what the numbers tell you. Does not matter to me. The numbers on a sheet, I'm watching them play. Why do I care? That is outstanding. I gotta tell you something. Now, the business model for making a lot of money in this industry in 2022. Is takesmithing. You might not believe it, but if you can sell it and make the audience believe you believe it, you can make some money. That's the game. It's WWE theater. But you know what? When Kerry Davis altered his pitch with, I can't go there either. Right. And I didn't play for the Steelers. I think some people always assume I did. I didn't. Right. When he went, I'm watching the game, and I wanted I want to attempt to go there, but I feel like I'll 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 shrink if I do. <laughs> that to me told me he absolutely hates analytics. The yep. man hates analytics. Yeah, I got that read as well. And that's what they were saying when I was watching Wheeler pitch Game One for the Phillies against the Padres, and they're talking about taking him out. I'm going, boy, if I'm the Padres, I'm hoping they're taking him out. Right, 100%. Even though, what do the analytics say? The analytics say you don't leave a guy in to face a lineup three times. John Smoltz was breaking that down last night in the game, and he was saying the reason for that is most pitchers in 2022 don't have the variety of pitchers that guys had back in the day, and so they only can show one or two pitches, and once hitters see it one or two times, they then are more likely to have success the third time through. Hence, the analytics. But when Kerry said that, I thought to myself... Man, he said what I say with a bunch of words 
and he said it in like six seconds and he did it so much more effectively. Eloquently. Yeah. What I would say too is like, and I'm going to try to speak with some wisdom here. Mm. Analytics can't quantify instinct. Wow. Yeah. What so, a moment for this show. So, it finally happened. Yep, October so. 20th, 2022, nearly a year in, yep. we did it. Yep. Do, do with that what you will, but analytics can't quantify instinct. There also is something that can't be quantified, and that's what people are dealing with away from the field, court, ice. Yep. You know? Yep. I don't know what happened to the Blues last night in the second and third periods, but uh, it was a little rough, a little surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way I handle West Coast games in getting up early to do uh, TMA is... I last night watched the first period, went to bed, thought, nah, I'm going to wake up. And if I had to guess, I would have said the Blues will win this game 6-2. to two. Mm, Yeah, first period would show that. And so then I'm watching the second period. I'm going, oh, that was a little rough. But I still imagine they're going to win the game. And then it went to overtime. And then once it's overtime, and now it's 640, and I've got to be here at the station at 707, uh, I'm thinking to myself, are they going to lose to the Kraken? And then Justin Falk takes care of, care of business. And I would imagine the Kraken, something they've probably not said too often in their franchise's history, is, wow, we left a point out there last night against a team that's most likely going to be in the playoffs. But the Blues get two points uh, last night, despite a game that I'm sure they probably didn't feel like was necessarily their best. And they get it with uh, Falk coming through in overtime. Started off in dominating fashion, a couple power plays. Uh, as uh, Barbashev's hit uh, got them all rattled, and Donato comes after him, and the Blues are able to capitalize early on. And man, uh, do you like that Biz Nasty Jackson? Yeah, Paul Bissonette. Yeah, he's entertaining. So he was all over the crack in the first intermission. Gone. I mean, this is brutal. I'm I'm surprised that he was just like crapping on the game as much as he was. He wasn't crapping on the Blues. He's just like the crack and have no identity. Coach is fighting for his job already. Franchise hasn't been around very long. Coach is already fighting for his job. Team has no identity. And then they come out in the second period, and all of a sudden, as they jokingly said, you should be in their room in intermission because you should get them fired up. And they did. And the Blues didn't play well, and you saw what wound up happening. Blues weren't able to capitalize on anything in the third period. It goes to overtime, and they get it. And so now the Blues remain undefeated on the early portion of this season and uh, another couple of sets of days off and then head back to uh, another uh, action before coming back to St. Louis next week. So the Blues win last night in overtime and they are now uh, looking at 2-0 and oh, uh, through the two games. Uh, action Jackson, uh, Chris Kerber chided you on this broadcast a few days ago. I get the sense that you did actually watch the game. That's the sense that I get. Uh, so I went to bed earlier last night. So but I did too, but then I get up early and I watch the so game. I got up and watched the extended highlights. Look at you. You know. YouTube so, TV thing? Right. And, uh, because like, you know, like I've said before, like I watch hockey, but I don't really get the ins and outs of it. So the extended highlights, do I can see what I need to see kind of. I don't, I can't really get into the ins and outs of it. What I did see was one of the greatest saves I've ever seen by Bennington, that pad save in the second period. 100%. Unbelievable. That was sick. That was unbelievable. He had a couple of damn good saves, but that one in the second period was ridiculous. Yeah, full extension. Like, that is exactly what you look for out of your starting goalkeeper. And uh, Kyrou's goal in the first period was filthy. Yeah, Vince Dunn, former Blue, uh, had a rough outing to start. He was on the ice for all three of the Blues' goals. And uh, 
and they got his, as they made the observation on the TNT show, very rarely in the NHL do you see a coach call a timeout to yell at one guy. <laughs> but that actually happened with the former Blue. And uh, they were theorizing, you know, maybe he's just excited to play against his former team and he's putting him too much pressure on himself. But he was beneficial there, as there wasn't a whole lot uh, that Jones could do on on Kairou's goal, uh, in part because of Vince Dunn. At the same time, how can you get upset uh, at Biddington on a couple of the goals that yeah, he allowed? That one-on-one was uh, like, well, one was the, the Colton Pareko giveaway in the yeah. neutral zone, and then Tory Krug had a beautiful deflection, but unfortunately it was at yeah. the wrong end, yep. and that beat Biddington, and there you go, and you're sitting there thinking to yourself, man, this to me struck me as a game the Blues were going to run away with, and now all of a sudden you got a 3-3, and he even though it's the second game of the year, I don't want to. I don't want to macro the whole thing because I think it, it's not something I believe. So I can't tell you that. But it would be a rough one to let get away. A against that team, and B when you were in a position where the thing could have been a blowout and you could have just kind of easily skated into victory and now all of a sudden you lose that. Even just winning, getting a point wouldn't have felt good. Right. That would have felt like a loss. Uh, and in this case, they were able to get it, and you can kind of go, it's one of those things, and I think they would say that about the second period against the Blue Jackets on Saturday night. And maybe this is a concern for people at this point, going, hey, you know, they've had some strong starts, but they've faded here uh, in the second period, both their games, that you can go, okay, it's better to have close wins than close defeats because you can teach from them and you didn't necessarily pay the cost of leaving points on the ice. But I'm sure the Blues would tell you they have not necessarily played close to their best game yet, and yet they are 2-0. and oh. Dan McLaughlin is going to join us coming up at 10.45 here on the program. Looking forward to our Thursday conversations with him here on Balloon Party. Jeremy Rutherford on Mondays, Chris Kerber on Tuesdays, Darren Pang on Wednesdays, Jeremy Rutherford on Thursdays, and Gabe DeArmond. On Fridays, there is the guest list here on the program. You are always welcome to get involved by texting into the Air Comfort Service text line 65780 or leaving a mic drop via the 101 ESPN app. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. This may be a first and last in Balloon Party history, but we have breaking blues news, and I want Jackson's opinion. Woo! The blues have just tweeted out this. An original, reimagined for now, introducing our Adidas Reverse Retro 2022 sweater available on November 15th or for pre-sale today at 11 a.m. Jackson, during the commercial break, I asked you to stop uh, analyzing uh, Zion's game and uh, go to Jeremy Rutherford and the St. Louis Blues on the Twitter tweets and give your opinion of a uniform that I would describe as uh, it's a yellow background with... um, a big blue note, but a different blue note than the one that fans will be accustomed to. And then St. Louis blues, St. Louis on the top and blues under the blue note on the front. Uh, your thoughts on this uh, retro, reverse retro 
sweater that the Blues have just announced because you are the authority on all things fashion in the world of sports uniforms. Thank you, and I appreciate you saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, first impressions, love, love the font, love the logo. Uh, I'm not the world's biggest fan of the color itself. Oh, the color itself, I'm curious. Just can't be positive. No, I mean, time. I think it's a good uniform. Like, I think it's better than the red ones, and I think that I'm curious to see what kind of do they call them pants in hockey? Clip that off. Because they're shorts. I mean, we're all joking, right? Those are shorts. But regardless, the I'm curious to see what color pant they go with. Um, yeah, I think it's pants singular. Right. So um, I'm curious to see what they go with in the pant department. Uh, if they go with the blue. The blue accents look incredible. Uh, the main color, I'm not the world's biggest fan of, but that goes across all sports. Like I, a yellow is kind of tough. But I think it looks really good. Like, I really like the font, and the logo is awesome. So that's my take on it. i got to be honest with you. I don't like them. Wow. But, see, I have. I think I have some equity with the Blues fans that I don't have to humor them like you did with compliments about the font when, in reality, you don't like them. No, I, I'm telling you. It's the color that, that brings me a little back. Like, Well, I, I mean, that's pretty important. That's a, big, that's a big element of the uniform. Like, right now, as I'm talking to you, you are wearing the proper Cardinal Road cap. Exactly. And a St. Gabriel's golf tournament sweater which to me is the, the ultimate yeah. but you're wearing the navy road cap yeah the official road cap of the st louis cardinals and the one stan musial wore for yeah. the record yeah uh even though they're paying tribute to the, the greg jeffries era of wearing the red ones on the road to look like the angels and, and the reds and all of those historically great organizations for whatever reason even though the fans have voted they want the navy cap so i respect your opinion but i fear i fear you are not giving your honest assessment because you've gotten sideways with the blues sideways with the voice of the blues and you know that if you were to be critical of the blues retro sweater they just announced that the people would come after you that's what i think now maybe i'm wrong but that's my read well, and to that I'd say, because I've been critical of Blues uniforms in the past, I'll be honest, I don't like the winter classic light blue ones. I think those are bad. I think that's a bad take. Yeah, that's, uh, I don't, the home uniforms don't really do a lot. Oh my God, my, you don't like anything. No, my favorite uniform they ever wore, and they, were, they don't wear it anymore, and I think it's a big miss, is the navy blue circular logo that had the arch and the Blues logo in the middle of it. Those were beautiful. With the, the back white, of Sarah. Yeah, with the white numbers on the back, it was, those were awesome and they went away with that uh i like the the road uniform and i didn't like the red 90s uniforms i think those are like bad this one though i like where their head's at it's just the color like i can't get over the color and i'm curious to see what pant or shorts they wear with them now the athletic has actually done a ranking of these brand new uniforms because all the organizations did it and I asked you during the commercial break to go to this uh, this page. Have you gone to it? The rankings page? Right. No. Okay. I, I just went to find out the, uh, take a look at them. All right. Well, uh, neither here nor there. Oh, okay, Because this, this is a, uh, it should be a visual medium with how hot I am. But but at the Agreed. moment, it's not televised. Uh, someday I'll get to the Francesa level. But the blues of the 32 uh, newly released sweaters, and as Jackson asks, are they shorts or pant? They're shorts. They get 27th out of 32. Hold on. This list is already in, like illegitimate. They have the Maple Leafs 32. Those are the best uniforms possibly in all of sports. But it's it's about the retro. It's not about like the no, uniform I, currently. Right, but this retro Maple Leafs uniform is awesome. That's beautiful. It, it, looks, it looks 
almost exactly like what they wear right now. Right. Don't, don't, so I don't know what that's about. Don't don't fix what's not broken. The jersey looks good, but absolutely zero thought went into this. F for effort. That's from the athletic. If it looks good, come on, it do is something. Good. Red lettering, oh, pot leaf logo, anything. Oh, the Kraken. And then the so stars good. looks exactly the same as well. Stars are terrible. But it's the exact same. Yeah, but the their exact same is bad. Uh, the the Blues are twenty seventh. Yeah, I don't agree with that. Number the, one, the Florida Panthers. It's a palm tree. Um, Lightnings are bad. Vegas is bad. Ottawa's are bad. Sharks are terrible. Islanders are gorgeous. Well, Those here, are gorgeous. Here's the thing. And I, I, we're we're looking at this, but the audience most likely is not. And as I said, it should be a, this should be a visual show because I've been compared to the Billy D. Williams of sports radio in St. Louis. Um, and I agree with that assessment. Mm-hmm. And you have been compared to... Wilford Brimley. <laughs> of of diabetes commercial fame? Uh, Quaker commercials, too. Sure. And, yeah, uh, he diversified at one point. He had a he? really interesting role in the film The Firm with Tom Cruise. Yeah, he was a banny little rooster, wasn't he? He kind of got a... He worked a little blue. Yeah, he was a, was a sudden, <laughs> sudden heel turn for Wilford Brimley, who was... A star in our house with the delightful Deidre Hall, who still plays the role of Marlena on Days of Our Lives. And we'll talk about that coming up at 1030. But right now, Jackson, the people can't see. Right. So I would suggest if you, if, you have the, if you're not driving, don't do this while you're driving. But if you're listening somewhere where you can, pull up the athletics rankings of this. It's, uh, you can find it on Jeremy Rutherford's Twitter account. Hey, Tim, ESPN has the rankings of the Blues at 7. So there you go. That's, that's, that's be- I mean, some of the ones that they, the Florida Panthers one is terrible. That's ranked number one. Yeah, that is. There's, so there's some really bad ones here. I'll say I like Boston's. It's just a big bear in the middle, and I really like that. It's simple, and I like, like a simple. guy or a, like a, an actual. No, and I understand your question there, but it's uh, no, it's it's the animal. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes might have the worst. That might be the worst looking uniform I've ever seen in my that life. That franchise struggles with a wide variety of things, including where to play. The entire West Coast of hockey has like pretty much outside of the crack and have bad uniforms. Like the Ducks, are t- why they went away from the Mighty Ducks, I'll never understand. Ow, who would have thought we'd get into a Mighty Ducks take at ten twenty four today? But alas, here we are. Vegas is clip art nonsense. I would agree with that, actually. It's I'm agreeing with you there. It's all and, and the Sharks came into the league at the time of Teal. Yeah. There's a lot of Teal going around well, sports the 90s, at that time. Memphis Grizzlies or Vancouver Grizzlies at the time. A lot of Teal going around. It's but you're high like, on the Kraken? The, t- the Krakens are beautiful. The Is kra- that because you were cheering for the Kraken last night? It's the Teal night? accents. It's, the teal, it's not all Teal. It's Teal accents. And I think that they do that brilliantly. Uh, Jackson, the light blue uni is thy beautiful, perfect sweater for the blues, almost the original color, the red crap in the mid-90s, awful. The third jersey should be the circular blue note with the arch. We did not need the outline saying St. Louis Blues. The blue note with the arch is more than enough. That's from the 314. That's fine. I, I, I just like a navy blue is one of my favorite colors, and I think it looked really good with the white numbers on the back. The yellow numbers on the back don't really do it for me. Uh, Tim, I think the Kings have good uniforms. Yeah, I like the Kings uniforms. Is that a bad take? Yeah, I don't. I think the the Los Angeles Kings are not the worst. Right. I wasn't giving the, like the, I like. What do you think of Mike Bibby's era? When when Wayne Gretzky when was on the team and they had like the it kind of looked like a Chevy logo. Those were beautiful. Those were really nice. I think you just weaved in Paola. No, call no. that to attention to it, management. It looks like that's what the it Chevy seemed logo. like to me. It looks we'll, like the Chevy. Logo. Well, we'll let Hubbard management decide if that's the case. Uh, the Kraken is an effing roller hockey jersey. Shut up, Lil Dippess. Boy, nice. your Kraken take has rattled the cages. Was, I mean, and uniforms are all subjective, but like the original six teams' uniforms look awesome. Is there anyone who does not? I'm not talking about inside of St. Louis, but the St. Louis Cardinal home uniform. 
it has to have like a 90% approval rating, it even does. in Kansas City and Chicago. Uh, they actually, it's funny you say that. Chris you Long. know approval ratings of markets on Cardinal uniforms? Well, I, I listen to Chris Long's podcast often, and they did. You're a, a big Chris Long guy. I'm a big Chris Long guy. My favorite athlete of all time, and so he did. A, they did a uniform ranking, and it was Cardinals one out of oh, all. Is that right? Out, out of all, all the teams all the in the playoffs, all the teams in the, in the MLB playoffs. Oh, well, so they I mean, beat. The, well, saying. they beat the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Dodgers. Those are beautiful uniforms. No, I understand. I thought you were talking about all of sports. No, no, all of sports. I mean, What's the best uniform in all of sports? Uh, I really here like. We go. Here comes, here comes something the Maple from the Leafs, association. The Maple Leafs are like yeah, top just a, two or just a, three. Just a little courtesy manual from Jackson with an NHL team that he could think of. The Celtics home whites. There it is. The Celtics there home whites. We just say Boston. We went to the restaurant. We already knew what he was ordering, even though he <laughs> I mean, acted like he was going to look at the menu. They're absolutely beautiful. They're absolutely gorgeous. And now you can't help yourself. Now you're going over the top. They're absolutely gorgeous. The Knicks home white uniform. And now it's just going to be every team that has ever played in the NBA. No, there's the San some Diego. Bad. Clippers. There's some bad NBA uniforms out there. Some like really bad ones. The Milwaukee Bucks being at the top of that list. They have khaki in their color palette. Ugh. Kraken looks like Echo Unlimited made them available at <laughs> JCPenney. Great reference. Absolutely outstanding reference. But Guys, is Jackson is the king of terrible millennial takes. That's from the 314. You're not millennial, are you? Gen Z. Yeah. yeah Zoomer, I think they call it. Some people do. You're Zoomer? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I went to college. What am I? Gen X? Yeah. I'm yeah. not sure I am. Well, you're in between boomer and millennial. You might be millennial. No, I think millennials have to be born in like 1980. I think I'm too young for Gen X, mm. but I'm too old for millennial. Right. You're what in that little I? sweet spot. Hybrid. We'll call it the I'll, Tim. I'll hit you from 220. Generation Tim. Uh, guys, NBA unis are pajamas. Thanks. That's from the 314. Interesting take. Lil Brimley going to cream on them <laughs> NBA jerseys. That's from the 573. I just wanted to be known that I would love to be called Lil Brimley. You are apparently a big Wilford Brimley guy. Yeah, he's... The fact that you came loaded for bear in the second segment, a segment that, candidly, I have no idea what we would ever describe it if we were asked to describe I'm it. I'm going to have to on the podcast. Right. Uh, with a strong combination of Anaheim Mighty Ducks, not Ducks, but Mighty Ducks take. Yeah. And passionate about Wilfred Brimley. I mean, what would that parlay have paid? Now you would have been, if you were playing bingo and you had those on your uh, on your on your sheet, you'd be lucky. Tim, I think the word you are looking for about your generation is douche. That's from the six three six. Interesting. <laughs> those gray St. Louis Cardinal uniforms are the ugliest uniforms. They have no flash to them, but I love all the other ones. Great take. Yeah, it's the, great take. The gray uniforms across all of baseball are certainly. But like, what else you got? Like, I think baseball pants that aren't gray or white look terrible. Like, black baseball pants look bad. In my well, opinion. who's wearing black baseball pants? Well, uh, White Sox, when they wear the City Connect jerseys. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's like a, you know, <laughs> once a... Yeah. I didn't know if somebody had started wearing black pants no. in the middle of the summer. But I like, thought there might be a MLBPA issue yeah. with that. But, like, what other color can you wear away besides gray? That looks good. Like, all red looks terrible. It looks like a softball team. That is the Cardinal world. Why, why do I allow the Cardinal row uniforms to bother me? It's just the cap, really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's just the cap. Because I was fine with it with the Navy cap. It looks great with the Navy cap. And they were winning, too. Right. You know, you get, you might go, well, Alabama's uniforms are simple. But you go, well, they're UCLA of college football at this moment. So they're not going to mess with it. Cardinals were winning. And then they switched them up. And they have not won a World Series since going away from the Navy cap on the road. There's correlation. And they have not won a... World Series since having Rascal Flatts perform the national anthem in 2013. 
Yep. Allow those facts to just stand and marinate with you, yep. and I will let you consider them while Jackson inevitably updates you on every score from the NBA during the Sports <laughs> Center update. It's going to be a six-minute Sports Center update. Uh, texting your thoughts on whatever you would like. A lot of Wilford Brimley takes coming in. Never saw that coming. 65780. You can leave a mic drop via the 101 ESPN app. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. This is a program called Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I guess this will forever be known as the Wilford Brimley Show. Yeah, this is... We're getting more Wilford Brimley takes. You would have thought that, you know, he died like two years ago, I want to say. May he rest in peace. I'm going to take the over on that. I think it was 2020. No way to get that information. We'll look it up during uh, the uh, show prep meeting tomorrow. And we will have that for you, uh, Wilford Brimley, when he passed. Uh, guys, Lil Brimley is a fraud, and I'm calling it out. I bet he's never even watched Cocoon, and that thing won an Oscar, for God's sakes. Thanks, that's from the 618. This is a compliment, I think. I'm going to take it as a compliment, anyway. If the goal is to make this presentation so bad it's good, you've done it. We need a new term when random just does not suffice. That's from the 636. Uh, guys, here are my uniform top five rankings. St. Louis Cardinals home jersey number one. Ravens all black alternate two. Uh, 90s Canucks. I felt like they diversified in the 90s. Unless I'm like the black and yellow with the skate and the Canucks like on the uh, italicized version. Is that what you're thinking of? I think that's what they were against the Rangers in 94. Padres, Camo, alternate Vancouver, Grizzlies, Turquoise. There it is, the top five Ugh. rankings. This got Jackson, not a fan. The Padres, Camos are terrible. I mean, I get they're, you know, for a good cause and stuff, but it's just not a good-looking uniform. Ravens all black is beautiful. The Ravens whole uniform. You know, I was watching the Bills and Chiefs, and the Bills all white gorgeous yeah i do like it as well gorgeous absolutely gorgeous uh action jackson people are complaining that you gave us an nba update as opposed to an mlb playoff update uh i agree with the people as always i've been trying to uh get you uh thrown out of here for these nba mm. updates and no. i just have not been able to get enough signatures on the petition i'm at i'm at 180 and i need to get 200 but uh yesterday the padres evened up the series with the phillies that's good keeps my wagers alive they go down 2-0 and head to philadelphia i'm probably dead money and uh, you know what? I caught a little thing pregame, just a little thing, and I immediately put a little taste on the game. Mm. Here's what I caught, and do with it what you want. Mm. John Smoltz, you know, they're doing the thing kind of like uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman will do before a game. They're looking at the camera up right. in the booth. Yep. I wonder if that's green screen or not. I'd have to think. I think it's green screen. And it looks like the back of, you know, Petco Park's right behind him, even though it's probably green screen, as we said. And he's saying conditions. This is hot. And you have two great pitchers, but I think you're going to see some balls fly out of the park today with these conditions. And I'm thinking, here's a guy who knows. Here's a guy who also doesn't need to say things just for the sake of saying them, i.e. take smithing. <laughs> and I think he knows something. And then I said, you know, I'm going to go take a look and see what the total is. Seven? Was it seven? Oh, wow, look at you. Yeah. Were you on this? Mm-mm. No, oh, I was actually unawares that they were playing Perfect. Uh, until I saw But you were, were like, aware of the magic, the clearly based on the update. Oh, yeah, yeah, Right when I got home, I flipped that on. Trying to leak pass. Well, uh, we uh, we covered that over, and he was right. Yeah, Back-to-back home runs in the first, and uh, the Padres put up some big runs as they uh, even that series at one apiece. And it was just a lot listen. Maybe it worked out and the process wasn't right, but my reasoning was here's a guy who pitched a Hall of Fame level and he knows when pitching conditions are ripe. Even when you have Blake Snell going up against, there's the great Jamal Mayer's just 
passing through. How about that? Nice. It's like the Larry Sanders show. Just stars walking yeah. through. It's like today's show. People just walking right behind Absolutely. us. Absolutely. On 6th Avenue. Uh, that I thought, you know, he, this is a different deal here. I'm going to I'm going to throw a little something on it. And I was handsomely rewarded. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and it was high scoring. Even though you had Nola going up against Snell. Who do you want in the series now? You still like the Phillies? I mean, not, I'm not like... Moved one way or the other okay. by their team, so I, I it would be wrong for me to put Bunny on. Okay, hey, that's that's you know what? Sometimes the best hands you play are the ones you choose to fold, sir. More wisdom is just flowing through the. No, I'm right excited now. about where we are. I'm like, if we can get Brimley and Wisdom in today, we'll really be flying on all cylinders. Oh, and a mighty Ducks take? Why not? Yep, chalk it up. Yep, Dan McLaughlin going to join us coming up here in a matter of moments. The Yankees fall behind in their series. Harrison Bader hits another home run. We discussed this a little bit on TMA. Um, are the Cardinals going to come to regret the Harrison Bader trade? Now, here is one of these things that I'm going to try to, I'm going to play the role of mental coach here. Mm -hmm. I've been compared to Tony Robbins multiple times. That's the guy who tells people to walk on fire, not the guy with the ponytail on the bike that looks like he's skiing. Who was the guy who starred in Shawshank Redemption? Tim Robbins. Okay. Right, not Tony. Right, yeah, it was in the ballpark. Brimley should have been in that a, movie. Well, the, I think he lost out to Tim Robbins. He would have looked wonderful emerging from he, the sewage. He wouldn't have fit in that hole. Excuse me? He wouldn't have fit in the hole that, that uh, Tim Robbins built. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have sidetracked us. Right. And also, I felt like that was an unfortunate double entendre. I digress. What I am saying is the following here, Jackson. That if you take a look at what we saw from not only our Wilford Brimley take... <laughs> glorious yep. your stunning passion regarding the anaheim ducks franchise name solid right if you want to take a look at these baseball playoffs uh you go well harrison bader is turning into mickey mantle for the new york yankees and i understand that because what happens in sports talk radio and now it's accentuated by social media is you have people prisoner of the moment prisoner of the moment was going on before twitter now it's now it's like cubed. It's not even squared. It's cubed. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I don't think the Cardinals will regret the Harrison Bader trade. And my reasoning on that is you can't make a decision based on information from the future. You can only make a decision based on the information you have. And Harrison Bader had been with the organization for a number of years. And it's not like you're going, well, we're trading a 40 home run guy, even though he's on pace to do that in the postseason. Uh, it's just not who he is. And so, yes, he's raking. And I'm a great guy. I'm not, like, mad when I see him at a home run. Uh, now that the Yankees are there, I want the Yankees to win. Didn't want them to win the series against the Guardians for my anti-current playoff format uh, reasoning. But now that they're there, I want them to win. And I'm happy for him and his success. But I don't go, oh, my God, Harrison Bader's hit four home runs in the postseason for the Yankees. The Montgomery trade was a disaster. I thought it was an addition by subtraction, in part because Bader was not an offensive force, and I thought the Cardinals needed some offense. And then secondarily, the Cardinals needed some pitching, and I never thought Jordan Montgomery would be out there. And you can go, well, it only got him two games in the playoffs. How do you feel about that? Well, I don't feel great about that, but I didn't know that, nor did John Mazalak or Brian Cashman when they made the deal. Yeah. So that is how I look at things through that lens. Uh, trade is not decided in four games. Uh, and I loved the Montgomery trade in the moment, and that was with the information that I had. And I'm happy for Harrison Bader that he's having the success that he's having, and I would love to see the New York Yankees play the San Diego Padres in the World Series for a rematch of the magical four-game sweep of 1998. Agreed. <laughs>
Sorry, I'm <laughs> trying to do a lot of things at this moment. Tell me what you're doing. I'm just moving things around, and uh, yeah, it's you technical stuff have, that no one. You probably have Cocoon in. up in front of you, no. and you're distracted. No, no. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually watching old Quaker commercials at the moment. Yep. See, I knew it. Uh, I sensed it. No, I was just moving some things around. Sorry, technical stuff no one really cares about. Uh, Tim, he's at home. I don't think he'll keep this up in, f- in the future, uh, but we need to look at our manager and hitting coach and more ownership responsibility. See, I I look at guys uh, more so like in a Rosarena, and I know he didn't like have a monster year this year, but it was a very good year. If he were on the Cardinals, look at who they trotted out in the, in the, in the uh, game two of the wild card series. He would have been starting. Do you agree with that? A Rosarena if he were on the Cardinals? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Garcia with yep. the Rangers. Bader, his brand isn't power hitter. Mm-mm. So, yes, he's hitting home runs right now. I just don't think it's going to continue. Now, with that said, as this person texted in and as we talked a little bit about on TMA, it's been Yankee Stadium and Minute Maid Park. You know, those are two. I don't know if, how many people listening have ever been to Minute Maid Park. I'm so irritated by Minute Maid Park's Crawford boxes. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a mini golf course. When thing. I got there, I guess when the Cardinals played them in 2004, and I'm like, yeah, I guess I can walk out to home plate here. Didn't think I was going to be allowed to do this. And I stood there and I go, this reminds me of Afton Athletic Association when I played for a, a stout, cutest team. We were a nice club. Were you? Yeah. And I thought, man, I think I might be able to get one out here. Never thinking I'd be able to get one out in a major league ballpark. But you go down the left field line and it's just you can flip one out there. Yeah. Now, to be clear. A, it was off Verlander, and B, it was up in Pujols Lidgeland. Yeah, exactly. So he absolutely hammered that thing. But I'm just, I'm not going, oh my God, we might have a Brock Fabrolio reverse situation here. Keep in mind where Yankees fans were in the month of August on the deal. Right, exactly. And and so much, like, and I'm not saying anyone's saying this or that they're like, oh no, but like, it's very possible for both teams to benefit from trades. Like the Cardinals benefited handsomely from Jordan Montgomery when they really needed to start playing good baseball and the Yankees have benefited from Harrison Bader in the playoffs so far yes yeah. absolutely so that they're, you know no one needs to necessarily get fleeced in every trade like you can have a mutually beneficial trade uh, so your thoughts are welcome on the topic 65780 looking forward to talking over Dan McLaughlin he is going to join us next this is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN we're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN Welcome back, Balloon Party 101 ESPN, and it is our pleasure to welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen, the great Dan McLaughlin. Morning, Dan. Nice. Uh, Jackson didn't have you potted up because he's a bit of a ass pony. So Not bad, Dan. So, oh, no, 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 no. You, you don't take that back, Tim. You're going to take that back right now. You don't talk to him like that. Look at that. That's great. You had Chris. I, I guess I'm aligned with Chris Kerber, and you're aligned with Dan McLaughlin. And we're going to have a tag team throwdown. Yep, yep. I like our odds. I don't know I, uh, who I... I don't know. I think I can sneak up on you. I think Jackson is kind of a dirty little guy. I think he might... Uh, <laughs> I think, you know, he, he, might, he might do some things that just... Uh, are not legal. Yep. You know I pull hair. Player, dirtiest player in the game. I pull hair. You would pull hair. Well, then I'm, yeah. then I'm safe. Boy, you and Curbs. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. 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 Jackson, we got to use our smarts. Okay, <laughs> you can't pull hair with those two guys. Let's think of another way. <laughs> I'll Come kick on. him in the shins. <laughs> I'm pretty low to the ground, yeah. you know. <laughs> That's going to be tough as well. Uh, Dan McLaughlin with us every Thursday here on the uh, program. Uh, are you, at this point, after, what I mean, when you go back to spring training, and usually the spring training starts even earlier than it did this year, are you baseballed out or do you get locked in once the Cardinals are done and you watch the Astros and Yankees and you watch 
watch the Phillies and Padres? Where where are you? Because I I don't want to bother you with questions if you're not locked in on this stuff. Oh no, I'm I'm pretty much pretty sick. I uh, I watch it. I love it. I uh, I even was watching some of the Arizona Fall League. So oh, wow, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'm a little. I I just love baseball. I love it. Like I, I put on Twitter the other day that I love this format. I, I think it's great. Well, that's good because I don't. So this will give it. I'm, I'm curious. So here's my reasoning, and then I can't wait to hear your reasoning. I value the importance of what I can. What I it's my own word. The importance of regular season success, especially with as many games that are played. And I feel like expanding the number of teams going in reduces the importance of success in the regular season. Now, we don't really have a large enough sample size to say whether or not the week off is a great reward. It didn't work in the National League. It did work in the American League, albeit the Yankees you know, had to dodge the, the Guardians' bullet and, uh, and the Astros certainly were put to the test, even though it was a sweep. All those games were tight with the Mariners. But I like the idea of a division-winning season having more of a reward than a best-of-three season. And I think a team that wins as many games as the Dodgers did uh, deserves more than a best of five against a, a wild card team. So that's where I'm coming from. Uh, what is your thought process? Well, it's imperfect for sure. And I don't think it's a, a great setup. The reason why I love it is because I have more baseball to watch. Yeah. So that's why. Now, if you want to get into the weeds like you just did, a hundred percent. It's not. It's not perfect. Um, I don't think it will be perfect until you expand. And if you go to thirty-two teams, then I think you can go align with four divisions. And I might do it geographically. Mm. And all of a sudden, then you know, I've got eighteen divisions, four, four, four. You know, or eight, 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 eight. Right. So I got four eighteen divisions. Um, and then I can have another uh, team get in. And then at that point. Uh, I think you can make it a little bit better because it's even. Where this way, I just I don't like it. I don't think it is even in that regard. I just love the fact. So it's a, I should have I'm bit, I've been more specific with this. My statement was a generalization that I just love to see more postseason baseball. I think it's good for the game. I think the drama of the game, like the the Seattle Houston game that went 18 innings the yeah. other day. Yep, Saturday night. I watched, every, watched every pitch. Wow, I loved it. That's, that was like six hours. Six hours of scoreless baseball, and I loved it. I love I, I love great. a game like that too, man. You and I are old I, school on that. Most people say oh, it's boring. It's zero zero. I can't because every pitch could be the end of the game. Exactly, and that's why I love it. And you had one team that was facing elimination. That was Seattle, and so with every single pitch, there was drama with it. And then I started to. I always I get goosebumps thinking about it right now. Like when I'm watching these games now, I like to manage along and see if. If I'm right, you know, now, obviously I'm not there at the ballpark. I can't talk to the coaches or the players or whatever, but when I broadcast a game, I try to manage a little bit Mm -hmm. like what I think should happen or, or maybe what I not should happen, what I think could happen. And I try to do that in the play by play. And I don't know if people pick up on that or not, but I, I try to anticipate, you know, what are you going to do here? So if you were Seattle, you go for broke. You don't worry about the next day. You have to just get to the next day where if you're Houston, and with Dusty Baker, I'm like, man, does he save this guy? Because he may have to dip into his starting pitching because he's running out of pitching. And yeah. you go to this, that, that, and the other. Because, you know, do you go for broke or do you live to play another day? And I just think those things in baseball make it so much fun. And so I, I, I'm with you. 
in that I, I think for winning your division, you probably should get a little bit better of a reward than what the Cardinals got. I get that. But you know what? Hey, win the games. You're at home. You should win a two out of three. So they didn't. But the other thing is, I also am big, a big believer that when you look at what happened in 06, and that was my first really uh, hard look into when a team has a lot of time off, that's not beneficial. For right. A hundred percent with you. And if you're a wild card team, I've always felt like, hey, if you're the wild card team, you're almost a favorite for me. You've been, you've been playing playoff baseball for a month just to get in. Now, the Phillies kind of backed in. They won four of 11, but they, they got in. So that's fine. But generally speaking, you look at those teams that get in, man, they're, they're hot. And they've got they, – something has clicked with that team over six months that got them to this point. And you, they're, they're, those are teams that you don't want to face. And when you have two or three, because I'll put it this way, the all-star break feels for a baseball player or a broadcaster like you've got a year off. When you get a day off, you feel like you could be shot out of a cannon the next time yeah. that you're working and playing. Because that day off, I mean, you play every day from February 12th on. So one day off gives you a lot of juice, man. You're, you're ready to go. So I do think they need to do something with the format, but I'm going in a long you know, tirade here. I just love seeing playoff baseball, and the more the better. I think it's good for the game. I I understand where you're coming from on that. My, I just I value the regular season, and I and it's probably biased. But when both of us were were coming up, you won the National League East, where the Cardinals were at the time, and you're four wins away from the World Series. Uh, and in hell, in 1982, it was three wins away from the World Series because it was right. the best of five. And then it felt like you won the division. You are on the precipice of a championship. Now it's like, okay, welcome to the Stanley Cup playoffs or the NCAA tournament. You had a nice regular season. Doesn't mean a damn thing if you have a bad 24 or 48 hours. And that's the part that bothers me. I get that. And I, I, I'm with you on that. I, I think it's, though, I don't think you can have a perfect system. But I will say this. When we were growing up, and the Cardinals had a bad April, I felt like the whole season was over. Yep, I understand like, that. Mm-hmm. You know, so I do like the fact that you can get into July and August, and the Cardinals have been, obviously, this team before, where there's value, man. And when you go to the ballpark, they, these games matter. That's why, like, when they get – I look at teams that get out, like, you know, eight or ten games after two months, and I'm like, yeah, but there's still a game out in the wild card. So it's cool. I, I think that's fun. And I think there's a, a premium and a value put on that. So the, to me, I, the other way I look at the regular season is that, yes, if you win your division, you're going to get some kind of reward for that. But you're also hanging around long enough to get in. And once you're in, it's a crapshoot. And that's what this is now. So I think if you're Mo, and a lot of times it's just, hey, just get in. Right. I, I, I kind of value that, too. I, I understand where a team or a franchise, their mindset is, hey, just get in. Because if we, if we get in, you know, anything can happen to where, okay, we can go out and spend $260 million and uh, two of our aces go down and we're done, you know, because we've got $35 million in, invested in two players. I get it. I mean, it, it, and I'm talking about pitchers. Sure, no, I follow you. So, you know, there, there's, there's just different ways to look at it. I think the bottom line is you just got to get hot at the right time. And I, and I don't know if that's the right answer to the game, but I do know it provides a lot of excitement. And for me personally, and I know not everybody feels this way, but for me, it, it provides um, a, a situation where when I go home, I'm like, man, I got games on it. Yeah, I loved it. And that, that started for me in 2020 when they went into postseason in 2020 in that 
oddball season. I flipped on a game one time, I think it was at 10 o'clock in the morning, and I watched baseball all the way till midnight. And I was like, this is great. This is like watching the NCAA tournament first round. Yeah. I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm okay with it. Hey, f- final question. We have like 30 seconds. Um, Alexa Dad, your cohort from uh, Bally's, uh, has been filling in for Randy Carricker this week, and she said that she is bullish on the Cardinals going out and uh, picking up a big-time free agent this offseason. Not anybody specific, but she thinks they're going to go out and be aggressive in the free agent market. Um, do you think that that is likely? There are a lot of dollars that are already spoken for. What do you think, Dan? I agree with her. I, I think you will see some type of splash in the market. I'd love to see a number one pitcher. Now, I just said, hey, you could invest in a number one, he goes down. I get it. But a number one stops a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Losing streaks and also other teams in postseason play. But they're going to have to address catching, and they're going to have to address the outfield situation, whether or not Jordan Walker is going to be here. But, yeah, I do see them making some type of splash. There it is. Dan McLaughlin every Thursday here on Balloon Party, and also he will be in a tag team bout. His partner is Action Jackson. I'll be partnering with Chris Kerber. And uh, we look forward to the announcement of that taking place at uh, Wrestling at the Chase. So that's going to be fun. That's your offseason, You put on Dan. a lot of events. You tried to get me to call a couple of events. That's right. And now you're in the squared circle. I'd like to actually just call the event if I could. <laughs> Jackson, you're by yourself. One on two. Oh, boy, I'm really going to have to fight dirty. Oh, thank you, Dan. Okay, fellas. Hey, remember, Jackson, sweep the leg. Brass knuckles are welcome on your side. Awesome. All good. Dirtiest player in the game. My man. Thanks, Dan. Dan McLaughlin with us here on uh, Balloon Party. Time for us to shut it down. BK and Ferrari are up next. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to The Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.